Content advisory. Unless fluent in blasphemy and whiskey drinking, this is not appropriate for your grandma, your college admissions counselor, or your boss. Contact Matt and Laura with questions, complaints, or general cosmic platitudes at unpackthezodiac at gmail.com. I mean, I feel I feel that creeping back up, back up. But the beauty of doing this on a podcast is we either learn or we look like assholes. <laughs> well, we probably look like assholes, right? <laughs> I'm excited for learning. <laughs> Astrology, y'all. All right. Yeah, let's start this shit. Um, I'm gonna sip. I'm just sipping. Actually, check the bottle. I'm like, I think I'm sipping. Weird glass. (laughs) It is a weird glass. It doesn't give you a good idea of how much whiskey you're drinking. I'm sipping. I'm gonna let the ice melt and. Okay. Um. Hey, cosmonauts. Hi, cosmonauts. Welcome to Unpack the Zodiac with Laura and Matt. Yeah, and we're doing something different today because Matt is taking us on in Unpack the Zodiac. journey (laughs) yeah i guess i guess i'd call it a journey into the uh nether worlds (laughs) okay so we're doing something that is not out of the only way to learn astrology volume one so we're actually kind of going totally off book and we're just doing something just kind of an off the cuff it's true it's related um so last so last time we met we talked the last podcast episode we talked about um, delineating a chart. Right, that was the lesson five. Lesson five. And we um, struggled a little bit, and that's yes. fair. We we rightfully should have, in my opinion anyway, right. because it's complicated. It, it's complicated, and I think that, that the delineation of a chart is a marker of you actually being an astrologer. Like, if you can delineate a chart... Fuck yes, and we're not there yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah. So and so we talked about that, right? We might right. we might have a couple of episodes. We're not sure how this is going to go exactly, um, but but uh, I wa- I walked away from that with a little bit of thought in the back of my mind that I wanted to find some kind of some kind of point of reference that actually was outside okay. of um, of the only way to learn astrology series. Yeah, although I am going to tie to it, obviously. So I'll even I'll even talk about. I think I think we have a I think we have an acronym for the only way to learn astrology should be Taula. Oh, I like that. Taula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. So yes, I'm veering off of Taula. Okay. But I will be tying to it. Be- okay. Because everything that I um that I researched was all about helping me understand what I what I just learned in Taula. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So I'm not really gonna go too far into the chart aspect, Perfect. but I'm gonna back us up to basically lessons two, three, and four. Yeah. Well, and those are the ones that we actually need to learn the language of. Like, those are the ones that we need. And you know what I realized? We're close. Yeah. We really are close. Right. Another thing I wanted to do, and I didn't have the opportunity because I was at work, (laughs) and my work blocks out some websites. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know. I wanted to find at least some teaser sort of like note cards almost yeah and they exist um and i actually found a couple tiny little images in my google search on etsy which would be really fun to be able to support a local artist yeah i couldn't 
get to it. Okay. So maybe I'll bring that back. Maybe we'll talk about that again. But I think that could be a really great memorization tool. Yes. So what I'm going to talk about is more of an access point. Yep. And then there's a there's a possibility of having kind of a tools, I think, mm-hmm. you know, and, and frankly, we could make our own, right, if we're ambitious enough. And you listeners could also make your own. Right. Some of you probably already have. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we'd love to see that. We would love to see that we should get a PO box. And like, you can just send us that would be amazing. We need a PO box. Okay. Okay. Laura, so- get on that. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's face right now. <laughs> okay. So hang in here, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you on a little journey. So I want to give credit where credit is due. Okay. Um, almost all of this came from a website that I actually found very helpful, and I might refer to in the future if we okay. get if we get stuck or if we just want to kind of rehash something. It's called astrolibrary.org. Mm-hmm. So just like it sounds, astro a r a s <laughs> T-R-O <laughs> library.org. I haven't even really drank yet. <laughs> um, and here's what kind of hooked me into wanting to go a little deeper into this site. This quote right here. You are not a stereotype of one of the 12 zodiac signs. You are a blend of all the factors at play at the moment that you took your first breath as a conscious being. I really liked that. Yeah. And it's actually true yeah. when you think about it from a natal astrological right. perspective. Right. Okay. All right. So according to Astro Library, astrology is the observation of the interplay between the planets and our Earth. Through thousands of years of observation, um, two things have been noted. So this site is calling out two basic principles. Okay. Seems really simplistic, and it actually made me understand this a little bit better. So okay. thing one is that each planet, which we've learned already, includes the sun and the moon. Right represents an energetic part of our being okay. or a component of life. So we we know we learned this in um, previous lessons. Each planet has its own glyph. Mm-hmm. It has its own keyword. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, um, you can think like emotions, communication style, mm-hmm. love style. So this all has to do with what we learned in lesson three, which mm-hmm. was the planets. Mm-hmm. And then thing two is that the position of each planet in the heavens indicates the style in which the planet's component is manifested. Mm-hmm. Whether that planet is dignified, exalted, mm-hmm. if it's in detriment or its fall, mm-hmm. it's based on the position of each planet in the zodiac at our time of birth. Mm-hmm. So therefore, natal astrology observes that the positions of the planet at the moment of your birth indicate the style in which each planet's component is manifested in your life. Mm-hmm. So this has to do with lessons two, three, and four. Right. The signs, the planets, and the houses. Right. Okay. So I'm going to bring us into the houses. Okay. (laughs) Let's do it. This is always the hardest for me. Okay. So if we think about the houses, the 12 houses of astrology are arranged on a circle-shaped chart. We've learned that. Or wheel. But don't confuse the wheel of houses with the zodiac wheel because they are two different wheels. Mm-hmm. This is what I was trying to visualize in a previous episode, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was having a really hard time with it. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? I'm mm-hmm. like, so if I put this out here, and is it stuck? Is it moving? Is it mm-hmm. <laughs> what is mm-hmm. it doing? This is exactly what that is talking about. So, so when you think about the zodiac wheel, then that's based on the sun's apparent yearly rotation around the earth. Mm -hmm. I say that because that's what it looks like from our vantage point. Obviously, we're going around the sun, but the zodiac wheel is based on the sun's apparent yearly rotation around the earth along the ecliptic, while the wheel of houses is based on our earth's 24 rotation about its own axis. Mm -hmm. 
So a lot of this I'm just kind of repeating, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the way that they've presented it helped me digest it a little easier. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. think it's probably because when we're going through the lessons, there's so much right. information. It's right. meaty and it's girthy and you got to chew on it, and um, which is great. And I can't wait right. to actually go back and reread the lessons now. Right, right. But this just kind of bubbled it up for me, right? Um, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay, so the two wheels joined together at points derived by calculations involving your exact birth time and astronomical birth coordinates. Then the planets are described in two ways, as being in a zodiac sign and also as being in a house. Mm-hmm. So when we think about what we learned then, when the planets are described as being in a zodiac sign, hey, hold on, what am I trying to say here? Give me a second. Uh, okay, when I hear that, to me, it comes back. Okay, it's it comes back to the planets, which are the actors. Mm-hmm. And when I when I hear it positioned like this, it's almost like it makes me think of actors with huge egos. Mm-hmm. It's like, of course, the planets are the actors. They're mm-hmm. the egos. They're egocentric. It's all about the planets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when it when you describe them as being in a zodiac sign, that's the role they play. Right. And when you just when you talk about it as being in a house, that's the setting or situation. Right. And so that's what we were talking about last time. Right. It starts to get a little hairy when you start to try to make the sentences. Right. I wanted to give an example about how this works in the houses, though, because the examples helped me understand okay. um, differences in planet placements and house placements. Okay. Okay. So, for example, two pe- two people may both have a Libra rising. We do. Right. You and I both have Libra rising. But one may have Libra rising in the 12th house, mm-hmm. and one may have Libra rising in the first house. Right. That's going to that's gonna show up differently mm-hmm. in our personalities mm-hmm. because of the setting or situation mm-hmm. that that's in. So to use a different example, that's probably more digestible for folks that aren't familiar with astrology. And we mm-hmm. hope there's a lot of you on here, actually, because I, I think that would be really exciting. But you can use the same kind of um, train of thought with uh, sun signs. So if you have friends, like let's say you have two Leo friends, mm-hmm. they likely don't have their Leo sun in the same house. Right, right. It's, it, chances are they they don't. Right, right. Um, one might have Leo sun in the fourth house. Right. One might have Leo sun in the sixth house. Right. This is exactly why horoscopes, like um, anything you read in newspapers or magazines, right. that's why they're so silly and frankly kind of bullshit because right. they're they're basically written as if everybody has their sun in their first house. Right. That's not true. Right. Um, and what that's saying is it's assuming that there's 12 basic personality types in the whole world. And that's obviously not the case. Right. Okay. So the 12 houses of astrology are all um, symbolic of the departments that make up human life. Okay. The planets and zodiac signs will manifest themselves most strongly in the sphere of life represented by the house in which they fall on your chart. Okay. Houses are not energies. So I had to keep like reiterating that to myself. Mm-hmm. Houses are not energies. Right. The planets are energies. Mm-hmm. Houses are settings. Right. It's how your energy energy will manifest itself. Manifest in that location. Yes. Right. So you did an awesome job when we did the houses of of walking us through the parts of a house. Right. That was that was beautiful. So this that was the houses, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's it's exactly that. It's it's not energy. It's settings. The houses are where the energies are most likely to manifest, and they're basically the fields of experience, Mm -hmm. but not the experience itself. Mm -hmm. So this 
resonated for me mm-hmm. because if I'm remembering correctly, and I'm probably not, <laughs> but I'm I'm almost positive that my fourth house is empty. And I think that's house of, ch- I think partially that can represent children. Right. That's the fourth house is that cancer house. So you have nothing in Capricorn in your chart is what you're saying. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's exactly true. So when I reread this, the houses are fields of experience, not the experience themselves. That doesn't mean that that I would never have children. Right. At all, actually. Right. It just means that it's probably going to show up differently than it would for somebody whose fourth house is full. Right. And aspected by the some specific right. planets. Right. Someone who has the planet... Well, I don't know. I don't want to go there, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say a whole bunch of shit that's probably wrong. So, okay. This was the thing that I thought was the most interesting. Okay. So one thing to note is how the houses follow the de- developmental path of a human's life. We kind of touched on yes. this. But this really gets kind of digs in here, and I like this. And, well, and the book touched on it a bit, too. So, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. When you follow the path of a human's life from the original impulse of individual being, Mm -hmm. that's the first house. Mm -hmm. To learning what is mine and how to use it, Mm -hmm. that's the second house. Mm -hmm. To learning how to communicate within the limitations set by our environment. Mm -hmm. That I loved. Mm -hmm. That's the third house. So Mm -hmm. the third house isn't how you communicate. Right. The third house isn't communication. Right. The third house is the setting of communication. So depending on what's in there and how it's exalted. Right. That's what that means. Right. Did that is that more helpful to you? It's yeah. super helpful to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so on and so on, all right. the way through the progression of the of the 12, 12 houses. And then when we get to lesson five, so this is what we talked about right. um, last week. The most important thing to remember is that the entire chart has to be taken as a whole. Right. I am and have been so guilty yes. of not doing this. Yes. I still have to probably catch myself. Yes. So this I thought was really good to um, call out because this is this is the difference between an actual astrologer and a bartender astrologer or a party astrologer yes. or you and I thinking we know bullshit astrologer. Yes. <laughs> if you have someone that comes up to you and says, that's your Virgo moon, they're not an astrologer. Thank you for saying that because that's exactly what this is. So each separate bit must be synthesized into one whole picture of that person, right? So right. this means you can't take one piece of the chart. Right. So like Mercury and Sagittarius. So you said... Virgo moon, Yep. Yeah. Right? So Mercury and Sagittarius mm-hmm. and then decide that it defines that entire person. Right. So if we stick with that example, you might know two people with Mercury and Sagittarius. And I am raising my hand. I, I'm guilty. I've been guilty of this. Right. And you might assume that they're both outspoken, because Sagittarians tend to be outspoken and Mercury is about communication. Right. That's how that energy manifests itself. Right. The communication piece, I mean, for that planet, Mercury. Um, But depending on the rest of their chart placements and specifically their house placements, one could actually be pretty reserved. Mm -hmm. And I've met people like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, While the other could be known for putting their foot in their mouth. And Mm -hmm. so when I think back to, I have a particular person that's popping into my mind and, and she's a Sagittarius sun. Mm -hmm. So I actually don't know anything else about her her planetary placements mm-hmm. and obviously is zilch about her house placements. Right. But I bet that soft spoken reserved Sagittarius that I'm thinking of that I knew a long time ago has uh, very clear explanations in, in their, right. in their natal chart. Right. That aren't just one thing. Right. <laughs> so the point is that the entire chart has to be blended together because back to that Sagittarius thing, 
depending on their house placements, one could be outspoken, right. and rightfully so, and then the other one could be totally reserved, and then another one could just be putting their foot in their mouth all the time right. because of the setting placement. Right. Basically, you know, the idea here is just that we need to be thinking about all of the elements right. and all of the positions of a person's chart, which is basically what we learned when we started to construct our astrological sentences. Right. So my next step, and that's really all I have to bring forward on this episode, it just right. it it it's nothing new necessarily, but it was just a different way of positioning it. Right. And like I said, to me, it just kind of bubbled it up more to a higher level right. and brought it to the surface in a way that it was easier for me to understand. Right. I think my next step is going to be to, I think I am going to delineate my chart. I've done this before, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it from scratch Mm -hmm. now that we've gone through these um, lessons. And then I'm going to try to construct some sentences. Okay. That's a good idea. Yeah. I think that'll be helpful for me. I'm also going to continue on my quest to break the firewall at work. I'm just kidding. I'll do it at home (laughs) and try to maybe look for um, something that I could potentially recommend as far as study tools. Right. I I think, I mean, literally, I'm going to devote myself this next week to just creating flashcards. Oh, good. Okay. Well, then I'll leverage yours. And assorted study guides. Like I have a couple of really large blank needle wheels and I'm going to actually go ahead and just try and like work those out and filling those out and maybe making some worksheets out of those and things like that. I think that would be wonderful. So we don't have to commit that we'll we'll do that for a next episode. But I, I think um, I would love to connect about that. Mm-hmm. And then if I have any epiphanies while I'm doing my mm-hmm. my natal chart um, from the perspective of never having done it before, because that's right. what I'm going to try to do right. consciously is be like, I'm going to pretend like I've never, ever done this fucker before. Right. And then I'm going to try to construct some sentences and... Um, now that I'm saying that out loud, I'm going to do two. I'm going to do Eric's also because yep. I've never actually done my husband's chart. Okay, cool. I only know that he is a Gemini, son in Gemini. That's very interesting. I know. The one thing I wanted to say, so like in relation to what you just brought up regarding like essentially how bullshit going with one idea, like a mm-hmm. son in Sagittarius or something is, yep. they actually go into that in... Um, was it the intro? They actually go into this in chapter in, in lesson five. Oh wow! Okay, very much because this is when we start going into FDR's chart. Yeah. Oh yes, I remember this now because he had some Sagittarius placements too. I think, but he was so full of Earth. One cardinal planet, seven fixed planets, and two mutable planets. Yeah. So with so many planets and fixed signs, he has no planets and fire signs. Oh, so we didn't have any Sag, no. Right, right. He's practical, dependable, and earthy. However, with four planets plus his midheaven in the air element, we must add intellectuality, the ability to comprehend extra abstract thinking. So his son is an Aquarius, mm-hmm. so that would do that Aquarius thing. But Aquarians are not really known for being stable, <laughs> responsible, no, practical. You know, mm-hmm. but he is an Aquarius that actually does bear many of those traits mm-hmm. because his son in Aquarius is a son in the fifth house. He has literally, and it's it's in the fifth house, so that's in the lower right-hand quadrant, and he has a shitload of earth totally up on top. Mm-hmm. So like what you see and what you observe, mm-hmm. that extroverted part up on top of his natal chart, that's not, all earth. Yep, exactly. So you're, you're seeing Taurus, yep. even though he is an Aquarius. Yeah, we did talk about this. Yep. Right. And so like what that's saying is just reconfirming what we're experiencing Absolutely. here. And where we would fall apart, where I continue to fall apart is when they actually start really getting down to the nitty gritty of like mm-hmm. the the noun verb adjective mm-hmm. of the sentence. 
I'm not comfortable with that vocabulary yet, which is why I need the flashcards. And yeah. I know that the flashcards are not going to be interesting. I'm probably going to make some flashcards and some study sheets and stuff, and I'll, I'll actually post those on like the site. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way people can kind of download their own study sh- sheets. And like, I would encourage people to email me PDFs of what you have or post on Instagram and hashtag us. Like, yeah. um, take pictures of what you've been doing for, for your own study guides, because we all need to help each other, basically. <laughs> we do. I mean, if you want to actually be a legit astrologer, mm-hmm. you have to get beyond what we've all been culturally trained is okay. Yeah. We're, we're not, this isn't a party astrology thing. This is a holistic attempt to fully understand all of the aspects of a personality and of, of what makes me me yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, th- I think that that's great i, lo- I love that 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 digression from tala it's like i am still a hundred percent committed to tell oh so god I, I love it it's the it's literally the best astrology book i've ever read it is it's it is the best the problem is that it's it's so good it's, it's, it's heavy though it is like, i mean yeah. like th- this is like the calculus book of astrology yeah and i have literally my whole life been reading sesame street edition books of astrology so it's so funny you just said that because i was thinking <laughs> i was thinking what i ended up doing is almost like astrology for dummies frankly right i had to dumb it down to that level in order for me to be able to digest the I don't even know the right word. I just I I love this book so much, but I but don't be surprised if I have to do this once in right. a while, actually. Right. And uh no joke, we really do want to hear from you guys. So right. if I mean what I'm thinking is like, God, wouldn't it be cool if people did study groups or something and yeah. passed along the information that helped them? Because I I still have this feeling, this kind of intuition that there's like there's like a tool that we're like Right. So close to get our getting our hands on or right. some weird thing in our brain that's so close to clicking. Right. Um, and I really wish I could just get it to click. So I think I think that literally what it's going to be is it's going to. So for me, mm-hmm. it's going to be the not fun part. It is going to be the dedicated time. Right. Yeah. Like when when I first learned French, there was dedicated time to just learning how to conjugate stupid fucking verbs. Mm hmm. And that sucks. And then rewriting it and then mm-hmm. rewriting it again and then trying it in different situations. And I feel like that's actually what I need to dedicate myself to because I don't know enough to actually construct one good sentence. I need to know enough. I don't either. I need to know <gasps> that's enough. That's not true. I Actually, I disagree. I think we do know enough. We just haven't sat down and done it. Right. So maybe that'll be a fun homework assignment that we mm-hmm. can give each other. Like, and actually, I was thinking of trying to do homework assignments that were unrelated not, to the less the unrelated lesson, but also unrelated to anything that I know. So, like, I wouldn't do my son's chart. I wouldn't do my husband's chart only because I feel like if I'm attached to it. Oh yeah, that's you know a good I mean? point. So I want to start mm-hmm. blind and just trying to make sentences that way. And I think that the thing, the so the challenge with the number, the the fifth delineation, the, the fifth lesson, mm-hmm. delineating chart, the planets that they gave us were a little more outer planets, and I think it would be easier for me to start trying to construct sentences with the sun and a sign, with the rising and with the moon, mm-hmm. only because. As a party favor astrologer, those were well, the even, things that even I like actually... Well, even like Mercury, even 
Venus potentially, but right. I agree with you with with the outer planets. Like really yeah, hard. Jupiter and Saturn. Like yeah. th- those are those are much harder for me. But it's gonna be a, I, I I mark my words. It's gonna be a lesson for us down the road because mm-hmm. I think both of us have had a tendency to be like, oh, those are generational planets, so those don't matter. And I think those probably do matter. Oh, I think they matter a lot. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, and this is another thing though too. This idea of any planet being generational is absolutely a disservice to the planet mm-hmm. because you're literally disregarding its position in your natal chart and its aspects that's exactly right and so it ties back to this bubbling up that i just did because it's almost doing the same thing as assuming that somebody's sun sign is their entire personality right Right. it it, like what like it's assuming that planet is also it that's that's all that planet is is this generation right oh yeah like like pluto's in this sign so that means that this generation is this no because someone could have pluto conjunct their sun in the first house and Mm -hmm. let me tell you that's going to be a whammy yeah it's it's like okay that's what that planet represents now how is it showing up right in your chart well i mean on in in what house right i mean if you have pluto as an actor because pluto is the actor but if you have pluto as an actor and he ends up sharing a role in the same like same location think about what that would mean Mm -hmm. if you had two people that were football players in the rec room or you had two people that were football players in the kitchen, like mm-hmm. what what that would mean to how that would play in your chart. Absolutely, you know, yeah. like it's 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 easier for me to think about them almost like parents. So I like I like the idea of like, and I wonder if it's because I'm a Cancer. I like the idea of focusing on on the house that's about family and children right. because then I think about okay, then take that generational planet and put it in that house, right. That's going to look very different Mm -hmm. than somebody who, you know what I'm trying Mm -hmm, to get at. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So it's, yeah, this stuff is, uh, I'm excited, actually. Mm -hmm. I probably sound overwhelmed. I am. Yeah. But I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. We're close to cracking it. We are, which is why I think I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note. All right, cosmonauts, honor your moral compass and keep your eyes on the stars. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Okay. Know what's true.